Kia ora, e and welcome to Generally Famous. I'm Simon Bridges, and every week I talk to generally famous but always interesting guests about life, love, and what makes them tick. Today, singer, songwriter, and guitarist, New Zealand's answer to Ed Sheeran. I just put that in there. I don't know. Uh, Mitch James, it's been amazing to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother. It's great to be here. How are you? I'm very well. It's uh, It's been a very full-on couple months. I've been on tour and... Yeah. Uh, had a week off uh, in New Zealand, which happened to be album release, so not a week off at all. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm loving life. Oh, so good. when you weren't in New Zealand, where were you? Where have you last been? Uh, I've been all over Europe, UK, Ireland, and uh, just oh, finished nice. Asia. So um, started off in Estonia, finished in Singapore, and um, yeah, it's uh, still got another month to go. So it's been full on. Amazing. And though that said, do you enjoy that? I mean, I'm sure you enjoy it, but is it... I suppose what I'm trying to say is like people used to say to me as a politician, oh, here is planes and all this. Like, but by the end of it, I was just like, I would just like to be at home watching Netflix by myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. with a Big Mac or something. I mean, 100%. is it? Or, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's it's not all uh, rainbows and fairy bread. It's uh, <laughs> it's yeah. There's a lot of early. I mean, like for example, uh, three days that I just had in Asia. Uh, I finished at the venue at eleven. Had. Uh, a 2 a.m. wake-up call um, the next day, yeah. uh, flight, and then get to the venue uh, in time for sound check. finish up at 11, next day was 3 a.m., and the day after that was 2.30 a.m. So it's like, you know, it's, it's very full-on, lots of planes, lots of waiting in lines. and um, But, yeah, I mean, it makes it all worth it uh, when you get to do what you love. So, I mean, as cliched as it, as it is, it's the truth. There are moments of sheer glamour, I'm sure. You're up on stage, there's a gazillion people in front of you. That's about as glamorous as, it, as it's got on this tour uh, that I've been on. And, and maybe some room service. <laughs> That's yeah. about it. Yeah, well, it's what you go to on the old room service. Oh, this uh, this place in, in Jakarta had, had an insanely good sashimi, which was... Uh, I bet. Was, and, and dumplings. Sashimi and dumplings are usually my go-to. Because you're anywhere. a sucker for dunk dumplings. I oh, feel yeah. like I'd, someone's done some good research on yeah, so clearly, chicken, clearly chicken something or other and dumplings, or have I just made that up? Yeah, no, a pork, pork and chive. Pork and chive dumplings, mm. they're, they're the go-to. I'm not going to psychoanalyze you too much, so don't worry. Oh, do you? But, me, but you, 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 so you grew up in Auckland, and you went yes. to St Kentigan's, sort yes. of fine school for fine young men, or whatever it, the probably its Latin m- motto is. <laughs> and I, like, the only reason I raise it is because, like, I don't know, that doesn't sound to me like where music, musical inspiration and genius normally comes from. It's normally mm-hmm. like grew up. You know, it's a middle, was a middle management farm, farm. St Kent's is a middle management farm. But um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. You keep no, going. no, no. Well, that was I was just going to ask you. Is that it? Doesn't seem like it would be conducive to where you are now. Yeah, you could have been yeah. an accountant or something. I think that's uh, what I like. I said most people at my school are sort of bred to be in that sort of realm. But yeah, I um, I, I sort of fell out with my parents when I was going through high school and. And long story short, that sort of led me down a path of, um, of yeah, getting getting very creative, and I was sort of, uh, for the most part, out there on, on my own. So um, it was my way of uh, making sense of the world, and my way of uh, uh, therapy, I guess. What What did your parents do? What were they? Were they that middle management you talk about? Or no, no. Um, my mum, uh, she's just stopped running a, a charity, which is essentially. Right. Uh, Essentially, make a wish for for yeah. uh, palliative care adult right. patients, Amazing. 
and uh, my dad was a uh, director at a land surveying company. And are you are you back in with them, or is it? Yes. Yeah. 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 No. We're, we're, it took me up until uh, I think it was about twenty one or twenty two when I found out my mum was was very sick that. Uh, we sort of realised we're just being idiots and life's too short and we all need to come together. So for the last five or so years, we're uh, we're happy families again, which is great and, uh, yeah, very grateful for that. Families can be complicated. Yes. No de- but, and so when you talk about, you know, I don't think you use this word, but, you know, you fell out with your parents, is going to say dysfunction there. Mm. On what sort of level are we talking? And, and was it your fault if you look back on it or was it them being too restrictive on you or what? Yeah, I, th- I think probably a bit of both. Um it was definitely uh, my f- <laughs> my fault in a lot of ways. Like uh, basically, I was going through a rough time at school, and um, and weed was sort of my uh, my happy place at the time. We're not so, talking grass clippings here. No, we're not. We're we're talking uh, the the wacky tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and at the time, it was it was very much the like ganja, a, the cannabis, the yeah. marijuana, the <laughs> the. Uh, well, I could probably go on. I I used to be a criminal lawyer. I did my first trials were. Um, Cannabis cultivation trials. Oh my goodness! In the Bay of Plenty, in the Eastern Bay. Oh my goodness! The, um, uh, yeah. So they I have a strain name. Theoretically, down there or I know quite a lot about <laughs> cannabis. Yeah. So so basically, it was it was like a, a place where I could feel happy was uh, was getting stoned with my mates, and so I'd come home and um, and my parents weren't a fan of that, and so that sort of led to us uh, disagreeing on a lot of on a lot of levels, and I was so unhappy that it was my only source of happiness at the time. So right. I w- wasn't willing to substitute that for anything uh, at the time. And so that sort of led us down a, a, a pretty bad path because my parents at the time were very uh, conservative in their beliefs towards it. And, um, you know, times change and uh, everyone sort of has an understanding now as adults. But, yeah, at the time it was, uh, you know, my family had other things going on as well. So it just added fuel to the fire and, you um, yeah, bless them. They uh, they didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to deal with it, and it sort of uh, it led me down that path of of being creative and and basically chasing my own dreams, no matter what. Because what at around the same time, you are um, uh, you, you find music. I mean, is that um, yeah? And and you and you what happens? You pick up a guitar. Run me through it. Basically, yeah. I mean, like I said, I was going through a bit of a rough time, and so I didn't really have too many friends. So at um at school at lunchtime, I, I'd pick up the guitar and go on YouTube and and start to learn some chords. And and basically, that's how it all started. Is um I was at a crossroads in my life with uh, baseball, which was my original dream, and uh, I sort of realised that you know for for a number of reasons that it might not pan out the way that I wanted to. And so I was at this crossroads and I was, you know, enjoying playing music in my spare time. And uh, I went to an Ed Sheeran show and I saw, you know, if this ginger dude from Suffolk can, See, I was, can do it. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can do it. So it, it came at the right time and my love for it was still building, and uh, but it was still a very personal thing that I didn't want to share with anyone at that time, but that was definitely the genesis of it all. Yeah. Um, Rod Stewart sort of had to make a fateful choice, I believe, between like professional football and music. And yeah. He went down the music, so you know, there's there's he a, made the right choice. I don't know he if made, he's uh, he's got that athletic frame anymore. Yeah. Oh, Roddy. Well, you know, but he's, he's <laughs> he can not still as work it. He can still you know, work it. He's not as young as he was. So, guitar, you self-taught? Yeah, essentially, it was YouTube. And where do you reckon that that the inspiration then was coming from? Like, cause you were, am I right? Or have made this up? You were writing songs even then. Yeah, they were 
fucking awful. Yeah, you wouldn't, you know, they they weren't. You, they're not making your next album. No, but. no, they're not. Not even close. But yeah, I I think um, it, like I said, it was very personal for me at the time, and um, I think the the drive came from you know I I wasn't having a good time at school. I didn't have many mates. I didn't have uh, anything really going for me, and I, I always believed that I could be something. So I think at that time there was definitely a, a sense of of fuck you, I'm going to prove myself to, to everyone. Sounds like a Rage Against the Machine song. Yeah, um, yeah except uh, I'm in just a very gonna poppy l- way. All throughout <laughs> this, I'm just going to lamely reference music <laughs> to show that, you know, I do know something. You know, if you think about you and music, was it, don't be bashful here, i really like to know from your perception which you think is, were you natural? Was it just like a, 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 a fish in water or... Was it more hard graft? Either because either can get you there. I think the only the only one thing that is God given in music is your tone of voice, um, but you know your pitch in terms of like what notes and your range and stuff like that. It's uh, and especially guitar uh, and learning to sing and play at the same time. All of that is, is hard work. But uh, yeah, like your tone of voice is the only thing that you're given and you can't really change. But uh, in that sense, I, I, it was definitely a, a gift. But everything else was yeah. was hours and hours and hours. And um, even singing and playing guitar at the same time is a lot harder than people would would think. So I mean, even to master that probably took me, you know, two, three thousand hours to even get to a, a yeah. point where I could just just do it in front of someone. You at what sixteen seventeen? You literally bugger off to London, mm-hmm. and um, what seems kind of interesting to me is that it was um, not rags to riches, it's sort of riches to rags, right? I mean, not <laughs> yeah. not saying you, you know your yeah. family is uber rich, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. you've gone from private, private school, da da da, and then now here you are, and you're um, on the bones of your ass in London. Have, have I got that right? Or yeah, yeah, more or less. So. Um... Like I said before, I still wasn't really talking to my family uh, that much at that time. So uh, I had this big dream, and um, you know, a, do you think a big they approved of you going to London? Uh, I, I don't know, to be honest. I um, I feel like my parents didn't really understand the magnitude of what I was trying to do until they heard my song on the radio, which would have been you know four or five years after that. So I, I think. I think for the most part, I think my parents thought I was going to be a heroin addict ending up in jail for a very long time. Um, It was a very long journey to prove them them wrong, I guess, in in a sense, which isn't obviously a great way of looking at life, but that's how I looked at it back then. Um, So, yeah, I I went over to London and uh, nothing really could could get in my way. I didn't have any distractions. I didn't have, uh, you know, I didn't really have... Family distractions. I didn't have friend distractions. I didn't have girl distractions. It was all just let's go and and attack this and and make sure it happens. And there was a lot of challenges and a lot of uh, a lot more downs than there were ups. But it's sort of where I cut my teeth, and uh, I wouldn't be here without that period of my life for sure. How do you attack it? What 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 did you kind of were you busking? Were you what 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 run yeah. me through how that uh, busking virtually every day playing. One, sometimes two. Did you get much money from that? No. uh, I mean, not in London. Uh, London, you're looking at 
30, 40 quid on a good day. Whereabouts um, in London were you? Where were you standing? Same place every time? No. Outside well, St. James Tube Station? I, I didn't or have an, Piccadilly a, or? a license, um, but basically, right. so I was, I was very nomadic with it, but basically all around central London, like yep. Piccadilly, Leicester Square and, and all of that was, uh, I mean, it's where all the people are. So you gotta you got to be on your toes as a busker with no license because if you get... If you get pulled up twice in a day, it's typically you get thrown in the slammer. So you just, <laughs> I was on my toes. But yeah, I was, I was playing one or two open mic nights it, virtually every night. Um, you know, 85% of the time you're just getting a, a free meal and a free beer. But sometimes you'll get a, a business card of someone, blah, blah, blah. But um, it was very much uh, just trying to get my name out there while also getting my hours of uh, of practice up and making sure that I'd be ready for, for moments like I experienced today. And were you doing your own um, stuff? or you, you Not really, right. no, especially not busking. Um, no. no one, no one They're not going to give you money. They're <laughs> yeah. not going to spend enough time there to work out that this is quite a soulful song by Mitch James. Yeah, no, they just want to hear Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> well, not all of them, as we've discussed off here, but we <laughs> yeah. won't go there. Um, okay, and... Were you scared at moments over there? I mean, I'm oh, just yeah. trying to not say, but you, you, you're you 17, 18 or whatever you are, you're by yourself, you're, yeah, you were. Yeah, I mean, I had some very sketchy moments there. I mean, I've seen seen things that most humans shouldn't see, um, just being exposed to it sort of on the streets. And, um, yeah, without going into too many details, there was definitely times where I, I was very scared. And, you know, I mean, sleeping without a roof, in itself is generally quite scary, but you ever uh, get beaten up? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I got beaten up at a pub in uh, in West Ham, uh, but I probably deserved that to be right, fair. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I I've seen some things in uh, especially in uh, London and Amsterdam that were pretty, uh, you know, pretty hectic. But um, yeah, it's there was definitely moments where I was scared, but I felt like nothing was ever going to get in the way of of why I came to came to do it, and and that was to. To you know, spread a message through music, and Brilliant. yeah, we got there eventually. I'd like to how, think how I think I know something around a phone, and you know, you um, that that going well. I mean, run, how did you sort of? What's your first break? Yeah, so I um, I was I had a massive night with one of my friends in um in Mallorca, and I was trying <laughs> I was trying to busk in Mallorca, um, and I I realised that just alcohol, much. Uh, no comment. Uh, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that people know what I'm saying. Uh, um, so uh, I was busking in Mallorca and I realised that Spanish people are not going to give any money to people singing English. So we had this big night and uh, it was a bit of a reflective time. And so we uh, we got quite naughty and we uh, <laughs> we woke up the next morning. I've never been so... Um, hungover, etc. in my life. And um, I basically looked at my maid and I was like, I've got nothing to lose now, man. Like, because, um, you know, it felt like we were kind of close to death uh, the night before. So like, we've got nothing to lose. I'm going to start my, my music page up. I'm going to put up videos. And if people don't like it, then I guess I suck. And I just need to get over my, my own fears. And so I would have put up four or five of these videos and all of them went super well. And then I think it was the fourth one, um, Sony Music had uh, come across it somehow and they liked it. They asked me if I um, had any original songs that they could send through. I sent through a couple and uh, they liked it and basically uh, that's how I went from, from busking to, to having a deal.
And I think I'm right. You're then back um, touring in your V-Dub combi. Yeah, yeah. It was that all... sort of the first um, in quotes official tour. Yes, it was. Um, it was funny because we we rented that uh, combi because my mate drew up this uh, this tour poster with me in a combi and it looked real cool. And we're like, you know what, let's do it in a combi. Got it all, uh, you know, kitted up and whatnot. And um, <laughs> it didn't last the whole tour because it broke down about four times. But yeah, it was, it was a fun little tour that one, and it was you know very small and. Uh, everyone who went to that tour, the the humble roadie tours, there's definitely an OG. You know, I'd only had one or two songs out at the time, and I was very fresh. But it was it was a great first experience to get on the road properly and and see this is how it, it runs on the did, non was open that, mic side. And what was that? Was that like r- going through pubs or just finding a? Yeah, it was most, mostly or? pubs. It was like uh, your your venues like Meow in, in Wellington, which is like a yes. 300 sort of cap venue, which was one of my favourite gigs ever. I'm relatively actually. proud that I actually know about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah Meow's, Meow's a good one. And yeah. uh, I can't remember what it's um, called now, but in Auckland, it's yeah, it's down in the, in the viaduct. It's sort of those pubby sort of ones that are like slash music venue. And sorry, you were saying to me, Meow, was you proud of that one? I loved that gig. It was fun. Yeah, it was very fun. That's all I'll say. Because I presume you sort of there's a there's a point in time where you just feel like you're at one with the crowd and the music, mm. and it's like everyone's together on it or something. Yeah, it's it's a feeling that I can't really describe. It's the best feeling in the world. And when when I'm on stage, I don't really remember the actual details, but I remember the feeling of what it was. And you're just so lost in that connection at the time that you know if you're if you're thinking about anything else, it, it sort of takes away from the, the genuine moment that you're experiencing. So I try and get as lost as possible in that, and it's a really good feeling. And I'll come off stage and I'll be like, wow, that was really great, or wow, that was really shit, but I, I can't remember the ins and outs of it. But I would sort of, what would worry me with that is that, um, not worry me, you know, it's, it's, I'm never in danger of experiencing any of this, but well, we, can, you know, we, we can get you up there. Well, you, well you know, well, let's, yeah. not, no, no, let's not go there. <laughs> um, is the high from that, right? And and then you come off, and the you know the endomorphins or whatever they are mm-hmm. are, are racing through you. How do you recover? And then you're back, like you say, your hotel by yourself. And you know we yeah. know without getting too, you know, um, what's his name, the the Foo Fighters drummer, for example. These guys, Hawkins, you know, and they're yeah. there by themselves, and bad things kind of happen. And and I can yeah. sort of understand that, um, or, or be, begin to. Yeah, it's a funny one. I I, I feel like. There's no uh, drug or or feeling that can make you feel the high of being on stage. It's so incomparable and and such a high. I'm lucky that my band that I usually play with, uh, they're great to hang out with and we don't talk too much about the show. We're just friends and uh, and family essentially. And so... Is there a regime afterwards? You go to a small pub or a, you know, you're all sitting there eating corn dogs back at the barracks or what? <laughs> yeah. it, d- it depends. Like this, uh, if I'm with my band and it's my tour and we have time, we definitely go to a, to the shittiest bar in town and, um, <laughs> and, and have some drinks and have a laugh. But on a tour like the one that I'm on currently where yeah. it's every day. It's, it's pretty regimented. Yeah, it's, it's basically you, I mean, I'm by myself on this tour as well. So I, I get off stage, I watch the other show, I go back to my hotel go to sleep, wake up and, and do it all over again. And I feel like uh, 
the moment you stop and enjoying it for what it is is the moment that it starts to get a bit dangerous and I haven't experienced the loss of love for what I do just yet and so I I'm totally fine and happy uh going to bed straight after the show waking up at 2am for the lobby call or or whatever it is because I know that it's such a special feeling for me and it's something that I don't take for granted but you know, I can tell that, um, you know, and I've met people as well that, you know, unfortunately, like uh, like Taylor Hawkins, rest in, rest in peace, is, you know, I can get the best of them and they search for uh, other things to sort of supplement that, what they're missing uh, out of their normal that, life. that heightened experiential level. Yes, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, everyone misses home when they're on the road as mm. well. And I guess you, sometimes people are looking to, uh, dull out that uh, that sadness inside that they might not be able to see their kids, their wife, their family, or their friends. And um, I feel that all the time. I miss my family and miss my friends when I'm on the road. But like I said, I'm just I'm still in the midst of of just loving every moment of it, and, and very grateful from from where I've come from to to be here. So, touch wood, I uh, yeah. I uh, stay clean. No, good on you. It's very insightful what you're saying. And now you got how many album albums? This is my second one. And by the way, our album's dead. I mean, aren't we just kind of cruising Spotify? I, Cruising's I, probably I, not the right word. I, but. I think it's um, it's it's headed that way, but I, I believe as an artist it's sort of about how you view it. And I'm like a storyteller and I want to tell a, a, a bunch of stories within a certain framework. And so I feel like uh, I'm an album artist, if you will, and uh, – a lot of artists right now with the Spotify thing, they're just song here, song there, song there, and that's all good, but it doesn't really uh, tell a congruent story, and I'm all about that. So I think the albums that I tend to listen to and love are bodies of work, if mm. you will, rather than just yeah, amazing. 10 random songs. So your latest album, Patience, right? Yes. Do you feel you've got a sort of a an overarching theme, story going on there that you've thought through? Yeah, I think the way I like to put it is that in my first album was like a boy, essentially, and the journey into a young manhood. And then this album over the last four years is from me being in a young man into like a man-man. And I think, you know, the, the first song and the last song, the first song in, in is Motions and I'm saying... I'm very lost. And then in the last song, Bullet Holes, the last line of the entire album is, well, I've got to move on. And so I feel like I'm telling the story of, you know, being a young adult and having all these problems and realising the only way through it is to move on. But in the middle of it, there's highs and lows and party songs, sad songs, breakup songs. Yeah. And it's it's sort of just a, a, uh, a chronological look at my last four years and if, if people can take inspiration from that or if they can connect with that um, then I'm doing my job right what's your writing process I mean again, like what I was asking you know how much is kind of you know you just you, you, you got it or is it is this a two minute thing or a two month thing to write a song what's it depends it depends I, I um, I've written a song as quick as 15 minutes which is actually a song on the album um, called Stone Cold Sober, and sometimes it's just magic, and it just works like that. And that was one of those magic moments. Um, myself and Machu from Six Sixty just he started playing some chords, and then fifteen minutes later you have a song. And then there's a, a song like uh, 
like Armageddon, which is on the album, which took like seven different um, structures and and then took overall about two and a half years to get from first writing it to literally finishing it. So it is a massive, massive discrepancy in, in how it goes. But generally speaking, I think if you're looking at the, the median, it'll take four to six hours um, and you do it in one day and you're with a couple other other songwriters and that's generally speaking how it goes but yeah you you got your two extremes inspiration and perspiration yes i I would definitely agree and you know you're um because i said it before and i don't know where you like not but you've toured you've toured with ed sheeran Mm -hmm. i presume you've met him yes you know you know him and um and and you you're your own thing and you've definitely and i i actually prefer what you're doing but do you, do you accept it's Ed Sheeran esque? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I'd be lying if I said Ed wasn't my original number one inspiration. Mm. Mm. I found his album Plus when I was in my second to last year of, of boarding school, yep. and I it was no one knew Ed Sheeran wasn't Ed Sheeran like he is then, today. Because no. um, so, he had the busking story, didn't he? Or yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, so. I basically copied his blueprint to yeah. be honest. Um, and, and yeah, I, I remember finding it and really connecting with it and it was like my little secret and I was like, this is so awesome. I connect with these songs, I connect with this music. And then he obviously blew up to, to become what he was. But he... Um, Good is, guy sorry, or... Because he just strikes guy. me... He strikes me as very focused. Yes. I mean, I would... Do you accept this? It's my view, and but I don't, I'm not into these things at the level that you are. I feel like there's a bit of sell out to supermarket pop jingles. You know, I, uh, there was soul there, and now it's kind of like, how can I make a shitload of money from some cheesy song that they're going to play at Christmas time in the freaking supermarket? <laughs> I have to, I have, yeah. I, you, you don't want to get yourself in trouble. No, I don't want to get myself in trouble. I, I love right, it. You, know, you can, I love you can it claim that you've already done no comp. You can claim the Fifth Amendment if you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going back to, uh, he's writing an album that's uh, headed back to, the original roots and I, I think you know as as artists you're always trying to evolve and I've been trying to do it with with my sound as well and naturally it, it can head into that uh that when you're jingly stuff yeah when you're in pop music it can you toe the line I guess the other one that's done that by the way is Elton John I mean I used to love I grew up you know my brother my brother had his rec- every my brother Peter I'd go up to his um Studio, uh, not studio, but as his room, and he had, he had he was a tech guy. He'd spent a lot of money on his LP, whatever you call mm-hmm. it. He had every Elton record, and I would scratch the shit out of them, putting on the <laughs> needle and playing the songs I like. I loved Elton, but I mean, it's peak Elton when he's doing these sort of jingly things with who's his latest one, Britney Spears, is it? Yeah, it's just about money. Of he's just it trying is. to pay for the florist. I was just about to say that because apparently I've heard from numerous people that Elton has got like a mad flower thing going on. Well, it's funny, but I must admit I'm not giving you a new thought right now because I put this in my book, National Identity, great book. By the mm. way, it's still in print if you want to get on. There. By but a- by wonderful, no. But here's the point. So I I, I said in the book because I went to Elton um, with my children and my wife. Is this the last tour? Yes. Yeah. And and. Um, four hundred dollars a ticket, right? This is not. This is this is very bourgeoisie, okay? We're there sitting <laughs> yes, there with is. a lot of, um, and and I get it. He was unwell, but he didn't 
finished the, oh, the, you the, the, that the set. One, you poor and, and you know, so we'd spend a lot of money here. But but um, the point of all of this, I wrote something like an offhand line in the book about how um, you know he still paid for his 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 forest or whatever. He spends hundreds of grand. Like a week yeah, sometimes that, on the flowers. See, people, when I tell them that story, they're like, yeah, you're like clearly glossing that story up. And I'm like, no, like I've heard from some very reliable people that it's literally hundreds of thousands of pounds a week on flowers. He loves the flowers. Clearly. You know, beauty is important, but there's a lot of money on flowers. You've, I mean, I, I like candles. I can... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't see so myself have, spending a hundred grand a week on them. So I know because you have sort of Tuesdays where you're kind of it's about you, you're yes. you're detoxing, you're relaxing. Self care Tuesday. <laughs> it's I like it. And um so you know, there's a there's a touch of Elton. I mean <laughs> They're not costing you hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah, but. I mean, I think self care Tuesdays. I mean there's on, the on, odd on, pet pedicure. Yeah, look there I mean, my nails are sparkling right they now. They are actually. Um, but yeah, they actually are. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's usually like a, a massage, uh, therapy, and sometimes I'll uh, I'll get the uh, the mani pedi. Wonderful. But uh, you know, I I also get the suction cups. I'm a very like a very uh, active oh, I've person. I've never done that. Um, I do love a, ma- but that would be is that sore? Oh, uh, I mean, I kind of like the pain if without sounding yeah. like a psycho. But sounds like another song. There's a song in that. Oh yeah, trust me. There's. <laughs> I think I think if people don't get that I'm some kind of sucker for pain by listening to my albums, they don't have to see me get suction cup to realize that. <laughs> so you two with Ed Sheeran, you've successfully. What's it like going with these big bands? And who were some of the the better kind of big characters you've you've met and you liked? And you say, yeah, they were a top individual or. Yeah, yeah. So I'm on tour with Callum Scott right yep. now, and um, I mean Ed and the Six Sixty Boys set the bar high of of what it is to be a professional, and um, and you know a great person to be around on the road. But Callum is, I mean, trust me, I've been around for just as many good people I've been around in this industry. I've been around some wankers too, and yeah. And Callum is the greatest human being that I've met in this game. He he looks after me so much every day. We uh, we spend time together. He really wants to see me win on on the global scale. And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Ed and, and the Six Sixty Boys have been great for me, and I've always looked up to them. But but Callum in this tour I'm on now has been something out of this world, and I'm so grateful to you know to see someone in, in the industry who has such a big stature to genuinely believe in me because it's real easy to be nice to people and you know be happy happy days or whatever but there's a difference between being nice and really wanting to see you win so it's been amazing to to be on on tour with Callum and yeah I mean it's only got a few weeks left and I'm I'm gonna miss him but uh yeah it's 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 been amazing to be with him for sure If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So, for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.
look, because we're talking music and taste and all of these things, um, flowers, florists, candles. cup suction, candles. Fragrances. Um, I like all that. I don't know <laughs> this is cup suction, but I like the candles. Um, my wife has got me into that. Um, let's do a quick fire and a, a few important questions. Yeah. A favourite band? Uh, Oasis. Yes, no, I thought you'd say that. I differ, but look, who am I? <laughs> We're all opinions of And you, you know, yeah, you you are a top artist, so that you're entitled to have that, um, albeit erroneous view. Favorite <laughs> solo artist? Uh, favorite solo artist. I mean, there's so many good ones. Um, I guess I guess it's going to have to be Ed if we're talking all time. Yeah. Um, I, I listen to to many other solo artists a lot, and probably haven't listened to Ed as much as I I would have back in the day. But I think due to the influence and and everything and personal influence that he's had on not only my career but my life as well has got to be the great man. And and having been a bit mean about him, I mean he is. What is it about him? He, he is a like Elton, having been mean about him too, they are exceptionally good songwriters. Yes. I mean, Ed is prolific as, as hell, and the way he writes a song is he doesn't really take too much time with it. He just blurts it out, and if it works and if it's a hit, which nine times out of ten it is, that's how he works, and it's just very quick fire. Um, I think what makes him special is like the human behind it because to be achieving at such a high level – and have so many things going on that you have to be on top of, he is still super professional, super down-to-earth, and, and very humble for the, for the biggest star in the world. So yeah. it was a great example to, to set because, I, like I said, I've been with, on tours with people who are not even a, a speck of dust in comparison to, to what he's achieved, and they're just complete assholes. Favourite or most admired guitarist? I mean, yourself as a very accomplished player, what's your... Um, this is going to sound like a cop-out, but actually my guitar player, um, Kenji, is right. the best guitar player I've, I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. And uh, I've never been I've never been too much of like a fanboy over the guitar player guy, right. but um, I'm going to have to say Kenji there. You're, you, you play the guitar. Um, other instruments? No, I play the piano, uh, two hands. Right. What you're meant to do... Two hands, I play uh, one hand with two hands. So yep. I'm, I'm very, I would say a five-year-old has, a, with two weeks of lessons, has a better piano. Right. Well, there's been some good songs written like that, though, you know, from some not particularly accomplished pianists. Um, <laughs> and um, and just on guitars, you, you give them names. Yes. How many, actually, how many you got? I mean, that's a good question. That I've, I've had a few stolen this year, actually. Um, I currently have three, not too much of a... Uh, of a hoarder, and you name them. So I've got um, I've got Ross, which is a tailor. So brilliant, Ross Taylor. I've got um, Chris, which is a Martin. Uh, so Chris Martin, both both cricketer uh, names there. And then uh, I have Rick, which is a um, I don't know. It's a Fender electric guitar. I don't know if Rick Fender means anything, but I just called him Rick. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Um. You should have told me at the start about life as a, a pop star and, you know, it's not all beer and Skittles and it's mm. got its issues. But high level, what's your experience of being a fair dinkum real pop star? We don't have many yeah. in uh, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely not what <laughs> not what people think it is. Uh, it's like, especially on the road uh, and, and the more hectic tours, it's, it's work, really, and... Um, 
if you want to indulge in the fame and you want to indulge in the ego, it's very easy to. Like there was definitely a time right after my first album where I was bathing in, right. in that side of things. And I just think through experience and through, you know, through, yeah, just learning. And I think you come to a lot of crossroads where you're like, do I want to keep being that person because that person is likely going to end up alone at the end of the day when no one cares yeah. anymore. Uh, but yeah, you might have uh, been very hedonistic in, in that time frame. but I, I've always looked at things from a, a, a long-term perspective. And I think before things started going well for me, I was always a very white picket fence uh, dream kind of guy. Yeah, just uh, I think a little too much indulging in, in certain aspects that are, uh, you know, are the uh, stereotypical pop star or rock star ones, you know, the the drinks, the drugs, the girls. Like once you've explored that, you kind of have a decision to make. Is this my identity or is this just going to be a phase that I've I've gone through, experienced and, and you know, do I want to grow? And so I've really looked at myself pretty hard over the last four years and I think naturally you just get led down the path of what your destiny is meant to be and um, I've chosen to ease up on the uh, on the, uh, the, <laughs> the carnal pleasures. Yeah. Are you, you not I mean, to say that I haven't uh, totally? Uh, you, don't, you don't want to ruin you, you don't want to ruin your kind of um, music cred overly, right? No, you know, exactly. That's a fine yeah, line. Yeah, exactly. But but what you were saying to me off here, you're a, um, if I can put it this way, this is my very sort of I don't know Protestant way of saying it, but you're a cleaner living chap today than you have been. Cleaner. <laughs> Cleaner. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, like, I, I, I was... As massages and pedicures these days. Yeah, I mean, it's it's only because I, I do work very hard on yeah. every day that isn't a, yeah. a, isn't a Tuesday, you know. Like, I there was times back... You Are know, you taking care of yourself? I mean, you've got some guns there. I'm, I'm trying. You know, so. they, don't, they don't come alone. Yeah. I mean, it takes work. I mean, there, there was a time, like, like I said, when I was indulging too much where I would have been drinking three or four times a week and... Um, just getting into that side of things too much, and I was, I was out of shape, and um, and my daily routine was non-existent. But when I was home and not on tour or working, it was just unhealthy habits. And so now it's a completely one eighty. Like I'll, if I'm in Auckland and I'm I'm not doing any work, like I wake up early, I go for a ten k run, then I uh, get home, and then I go to the gym. And then I go eat something really nice, then do something productive for the afternoon, go do boxing in the evening. And it's completely different to sitting home, smoking weed all day, <laughs> and yeah. then going out for a drink at night. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great for your mental health as well, not just your, uh, your physical. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that obviously mental health is, is just as important, if not more important, than, than physical health. Well, yeah, no, and one thing we're saying, you know, thing about music, I mean, a lot of it is a mind game. It's not just yeah. a, it's much more than um, all that other stuff. And um, you are, you're properly successful, right? I mean, if I go on Spotify, you know, your song's got over 60 million hits, some of them, you know, that's more than just New Zealand, right? There's a lot going on there. So yeah. do you feel like, You've made it yet? No, not even close. I mean, my my whole uh, view about that has completely changed over the last few years, I think coinciding with what we were just talking about. Like I always used to look at the numbers every day and, and check, you know, oh, how many million is it at, blah, blah, blah. And I, I feel like it's just uh, unhealthy and unsustainable uh, because if things start going south, 
and you're basing all your value on that, it's it's really it's a pretty slippery, steep slope. Um, so yeah, I mean, but in saying that, you know, I I do have goals that I want to set, and I would like to be. I think my mission statement now is more about trying to positively affect as many people as I can rather than looking at the numbers. But I think I'd be lying if I said there wasn't metrics to to sort of bring that up against. And I would like to be at the level that I'm at in New Zealand virtually everywhere else. At the level you're at now, does that make you a wealthy person? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, and so let me ask you this because I'm – look, this is my – Stick right, so I, yeah. um, you, you're doing you know amazing, and yeah, it's not making you a gazillionaire, but you know, you, you're doing well. Mm. The trajectory could keep going, but there's a tendency, and I could name some Kiwi artists who've been great, but I won't. Um, that the other side of it is you know, at 59, you'll be playing pubs, um, <laughs> yeah. drunk and um, and tired and alone. Um, before you go back to not the five star hotel, but the shitty pub room. But um, before, that, before we answer, I don't this, know what I, the I, question I, I, is. I, but I've got, but I've got comment. to say, I do love Grand Central on a Friday. <laughs> uh, and if I am fifty nine and playing there, I'm still kind of doing something right. Yeah, <laughs> but only because I like getting drunk and singing karaoke there. But the um, yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, I, I guess to sort of loop back to that, I, I think. The the money that gets made uh, for my life is in shows, and there was a time before COVID. It is in shows. Yes, that's what Spotify etc has done, right? Uh, more or less, yeah. yeah. I mean, Spotify uh, don't pay well, uh, if at all, but they they give you a platform to to go and bring your music to the world um, if you want to look at it in a positive light. And so, you know, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, songs that have been certified in Denmark and Sweden and Australia if it wasn't for Spotify. But uh, at the same time, I make all of my money through live shows. And so that little thing called COVID was a real ball ache because I I haven't really been able to play um, any shows for three years. And this tour that I'm on um, supporting is a great opportunity. So I'm actually losing money to be on this tour. But before COVID... You know, I was getting some pretty damn good money for yep. shows. Um, it's just that I haven't really played it any shows. It can come again. Yeah. It'll come again. I'm I hope so. I hope so because um, great it, for the punter though. Actually, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff coming through um, the country at the moment over yeah. the next few months. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, but it's it's all it's all in shows, and yeah. um, I haven't had the opportunity to play shows for about three years. So the fact that I've made it through is a bit of a miracle, to be honest. Yeah. But um. Yeah, but hopefully uh, some more shows on the horizon. But, you know, when you get to that level like I'm at in New Zealand, the money is good when there is shows. Um, but it's the the challenges to get to that level everywhere else. Um, and, you know, you have to get a few foots through the door, whether it's opening for someone or, or getting, you know, some company to put the song on an ad or something like that. It's, it's, all, a, it's all a bit of a complicated process, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think the goal is to to get to a similar level uh, in these different countries where I have a live presence, and then um, I know that once I get on stage, uh, 
it's pretty easy for me to, to win people over because it's what I do. Fantastic. Um, Mitch James, drink, drugs, wild living, <laughs> slightly cleaner now. If we come back in 12 years or 9 years or 20 years, is it going to be Mitch James, you know, um, solid partner, um, three children, white picket fence? A hundred percent. And hopefully sooner than 9 years, yeah. ladies. Is there a special DMs. someone in the... Is hey. there a special someone in your life, or am I asking you a compromising no, question? No, no, no. I'm an open book, Simon. Um, then why the pause? <laughs> Trying to figure out how to put it the right way. Um, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the hunt. I'm on the hunt. Wonderful, wonderful. I don't know where to go from that. So we're going to keep moving. Hey, I'm going to wrap up by asking the questions we ask every guest. It's a guest. It's the section we call general knowledge. What single object would you save from your house? Um, all pets and don't, don't give me anything. Save. You don't give me anything um, animate. Don't give me anything that's okay, breathing. We're, we're talking. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, probably my laptop. It's just got all my stuff on it. Is that way too practical of an answer? That's okay. I mean, it's what we're, we're looking it's for somewhat, more sentimental. Look, it's somewhat disappointing, but it's what you've given, right? I mean, I, I feel can't. like I've blown that. I feel like it needs to be sentimental now that I look well, back. I, I was you way know, too practical about it. You should have it. given me a special musical instrument or something. I don't know. Yeah, I just thought I could buy another guitar. It's a, I don't really... it's a ridiculously expensive guitar, like a lot better than a $450 one or $780 one? I don't really, like we said off here, I'm not really a nerd about any of that stuff, but from my personal experience, I found uh, like zero, $0 to like $800 is kind of crappy. And then 8000 to like two and a half. Mm. Oh, sorry, 800 to like two and a half. They're all pretty good quality. And then I've never been able to afford to play anything north yes. of that, but I can't imagine that they'd be that much better, to be honest. No becomes a bit more intangible. Look, this is a question you can't muff, mate. Okay, okay. so no you need to give me a good one straight off the bat. What's the best night out you've ever had? Oh, you know that I'm going to muff all over that. There's so many good ones. Um, <laughs> the best night out ever. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I, I think recency bias for sure. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, it's the nights that are unexpected. unexpected. And so I just had... I had a very like uh, eclectic crew of different mates from different crews in at Grand Central on a Friday. Uh, this must have been like three months ago. And there was honestly nothing that special about it apart from it was just ridiculous. And I was up there singing karaoke and uh, just a, just good friends, good times. Oh, we ended up going, going think, to Family Bar they, that night as well. And just on the fun. karaoke, are there people like um, um, sort of walking by saying, oh, he's quite good. I think so. But I, I kind of purposely like put on the karaoke voice, you right. know what I mean? Like, instead of a bit of crooning. Or... It's not like, <sighs> it's more like, uh, you know, a bit of drunken, Way! Right. But yeah, it's uh, Grand Central is, I'm just giving them free, free shout outs here, but mate, some of the best nights of my life in, in that joint. And for the uninitiated, like myself, who live mm -hmm. lives of quiet, middle-class, blameless excellence, Grand Central Can't wait for that, by the way. is a bar <laughs> in Ponsonby. Ponsonby Road, yes. Uh, my drummer plays there every Friday night, which is kind of what drags me in. 
And um, so if I go there on the average, you know, you've told us you're on the hunt. I mean, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm an aspiring contender to Mitch Jane's the three children and the white picket fence, I need to go to Grand Central on at about 8.45pm on a Friday. No, no, 8.45. You won't find me at 8.45. Is you'll, that right? You'll find me more, more like 11.45. God, I have really shown how middle class and old I am, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. But, yeah, no. Um, what are you doing before then? What's happening at 8.45? Oh, you know, there's uh, pre-workout. <laughs> What's the uh, best advice given to you and who gave it? Oh, again, these are real tough. Um, there's been a bunch uh, just from, from people that I really look up to. Um but again, probably probably recency bias. Um, uh, I was with Callum uh, Callum Scott just uh, a few days ago, actually, and we were on our way out of, of Singapore, and we were basically just talking about um, the ups and downs of this industry, and uh, and how you know you can be the hot thing one day, and the next day you're struggling to 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 get what you feel like you deserve, and um, yeah, basically. Uh, it was just really nice to hear from someone who I respect um, so much to sort of hammer home what I've been telling myself this whole time is is just perseverance and, and belief in yourself is, is it can trump anything. I was in a bit of a vulnerable moment where I was kind of feeling like uh, I was struggling a bit with uh, with the lead up to the album and and yeah, I think it, it just reinforced that belief and perseverance. And I think you know, if, if anyone's familiar with my story, it kind of shines through the whole time. Is that I, there's been many, many times where I could give up and um, just do an, a normal life, a normal job. But you know, if you want a dream and you want to want it bad enough, you're going to have to stick through all the uh, the highs and lows and the peaks and the valleys and and just stick at it no matter what. So paraphrasing very longly, but uh, that's Wonderful. basically what he was he was saying. We're in the words of Winston Ch- Churchill, never, never, never give up. Exactly. Um, Winnie, the man. Mitch James, um, definitely better than Ed Sheeran, even if he <laughs> has some dubious tastes in music like Oasis. <laughs> Let it go, Simon. Um, Let it go. Thoroughly good bloke. It's been great to have you on Generally Famous. been great to be famous. here. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Generally Famous. There's a new episode every Wednesday. You can listen to them all at stuff.co.nz slash generallyfamous or wherever you get your podcasts. In fact, if you follow us on Apple or Spotify, any of the podcast apps, in fact, you'll get the latest episode automatically. Sounds good, right? Buy Simon's book, stream my album. <laughs> exactly. Thanks to my producers and go to Grand Central. Grand uh, Central on a Friday. 11, I'm, I'm taking applications. 11 some p.m. <laughs> Thanks to my producers, Chris Reed and Jim Black. I'm Simon Bridges. I really appreciate you listening. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support. Hey, Chris. Yes. Do you want another very broad question? I've got a very broad question today. Go on, then. What do you know about sports? Up the wires, go the Black Caps, and don't forget Premier League football. Oh, you do love a bit of Premier League footage, do. don't you? What team is it that you support again? Oh, the current champions, Manchester City. I think they're pronounced Arsenal. It's pronounced Arsenal. Uh, but you know what's good about football? Yeah, what? They don't regulate soccer. I'm 
sorry. There's a sport that regulates sock height? Indeed there is, and it's cycling. That's very strange. Why on earth do they regulate it? Well, I know, but if you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the Big Stuff Quiz, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, that's a cliffhanger indeed. The Big Stuff Quiz is brought to you by Melbourne Every Bit Different.